I see marketing as, as the engine that drives sort of the interests and the demand and ultimately revenue for the company. So, you know, it starts with creating uh, enough noise, you know, to get people to notice you. Uh, and, but, you know, you need to do it with class. So, you know, when someone does notice you, the perception of you is a positive one. And uh, overall, you need to drive, you know, long-term growth and hit those revenue uh, targets for the company. Um, so, you know, once upon a time, marketing used to be just doing sort of the, you know, all those uh, nice looking uh, pamphlets and, you know, I don't know what not, you know, trade shows, uh, you know, it evolved significantly and whoever still thinks uh, that's what marketing is, I think is, uh, is in a problematic situation. Um, but the way I see it and, you know, that, that was, you know, how we rolled at Checkmox and that's how we roll at Firebolt as well. Marketing is the driver of business, okay? So, you know, we do everything we can to make make the sort of the process smoother and more enjoyable for customers um, and basically do whatever's necessary to get those, uh, get this pipeline uh, in shape and uh, happening. And uh, yeah, that's, that's about it. Cool. So uh, I want to also talk about sort of the <clears throat> evolution you, you've witnessed, right? I mean, you started in 2003 when the internet was just sort of um, getting getting off the ground and uh, you've kind of witnessed all of you know web 2.0 coming out and obviously a little web 3 coming out and just I'm curious to know um, how you think the profession has evolved since your days at check marks all the way until um, firebolt and you know sort of what you see on the horizon like what are some of the exciting trends happening in, in b2b marketing specifically that that you're watching very closely yeah so look, you know, it's all about, you know, it's everything marketing included is evolving in such a high pace that I think it's all about sort of spotting opportunities and new um, sort of new areas where you can play and, uh, well, experiment um, and ideally be first or amongst the first. So uh, you can uh, really uh, leverage and make the most out of those platforms. So in the early days, you know, it used to be sort of um, Google organic search uh, and sort of gaming the system was super easy. <laughs> uh, but obviously, you know, Google, uh, Google figured it out and now it's uh, extremely difficult to do it, even though it's still possible. It just, just means more people are doing it. So, you know, the harder it is to actually uh, get the results that used to be very easy to achieve. Um, but, you know, with, uh, with the evolution, new opportunities uh, uh, come to life. You know, at Checkmarks, it was all about, uh, you know, creating amazing content, you know, creating blog posts that get tens of thousands of people reading it every month um, and uh, just create this huge uh, wave of organic traffic uh, to, uh, to those uh, sort of assets. Um, so it was, it was mainly, mainly around sort of, this type of this type of content, you know, white papers, eBooks, you know, I think, these days, you know, the, the attention span keeps shrinking as we go. Uh, I don't know who reads those, you know, lengthy ebooks and white papers uh, anymore. You know, obviously, some do, but I think, uh, and that's our strategy with uh, at Firebolt as well, is to, you know, provide short form content, uh, you know, things like uh, LinkedIn posts, uh, things like uh, sort of short videos. 
things like podcasts, uh, you know, which obviously is, uh, well, as I see it, is much more powerful than a blog post. Uh, you know, the amount of attention you get and the, well, you know, what it does to the brand. And uh, I think it's super powerful. And if you're not doing it yet, then please do, you know, do your homework and get started. Uh, as you know, it's not as difficult as, you know, it, it may seem. Um, so, um, yeah, you know, and just keep track of what's going on, I guess, and, uh, and you know, experiment, whether it's Clubhouse or whatnot. I think I just saw a, sort of a funny um, uh, illustration, which says, you know, like, no one's paying attention to us on LinkedIn, Facebook, Google, you know, whatever. So might as well try Clubhouse. So I guess, you know, that's obviously, uh, you know, making fun of, of marketing, but uh you need to make sure the message is right. And you know, the, the person on the other hand is, uh, you know, you hit a nerve with your, uh, with whatever it is you're trying to, uh, to, um, to say. Uh, and the platform is just sort of the means to get to their, uh, to, to their attention. But you know, if, uh, if the message is bad, then it doesn't matter, you know, which platform you use, uh, it's just not gonna work. So, um, so just keep, keep that in mind. Yeah, so so that's actually a really good segue into into another question that, that I wanted to ask you. So, <clears throat> messaging. Um, you know, when you first joined Checkmarks and when you first joined Firebolt, I guess you had uh, this sort of wide open landscape of what type of content, what type of messaging, you know, what channels, what uh, you know, performance marketing. You had all of this open space, mm -hmm. and you obviously have a limited budget and probably not many resources to, to make the most of. So how do you think about the trade-offs and, and how do you think about creating that strategy early on for how to allocate the, the marketing resources in, in an efficient way? Mm -hmm. So look, it, it's, it's, it's a tough one. And uh, I guess the, the disclaimer there is that, you know, you need to do, first of all, do your homework and see what your competitors are doing. So you don't just mimic what they're doing uh, because that's sort of a dangerous game to play, especially if they've got uh, deeper pockets than you do. Um, but uh, I guess, you know, the, uh, the overall strategy is about uh, being different and, uh, and being true to what you, you do and, you know, how, how you roll. So, you know, I believe a lot in, uh, in, using humor, you know, people love, you know, a good laugh and, uh, you know, creating, uh, uh, creating experiences that are both entertaining, but also add value to the, to your target audience. And, um, you know, people love games, people love uh, a good laugh. So, you know, short form videos uh, can do that. And yeah, well, anything can do that. So, uh, and the beauty of being a small startup sort of out of Tel Aviv or, well, that's, we're not out of Tel Aviv specifically uh, uh, ourselves, you know, we're global by now, but uh, if you're just getting started and you're competing with monsters, uh, they, you know, will not be able to, you know, sort of do the, the crazy stuff that uh, you can allow yourself to do. So, you know, be different, be bold, uh, go out of your way to sort of rise above the noise. And uh, the, the way you go about doing that, uh, it, doesn't really matter as long as your audience there is there and um, you know will pay attention so um, you know if it's if video is a format that you feel more comfortable in then you know 
do everything I just said through video. If podcasting is it, then use podcasting. But, you know, that's, I guess, th that's our main strategy. Right. I mean, I, mean, I guess the, <clears throat> the question, you know, also comes down to personas and who specifically you're trying to reach. So maybe you can share, you know, sort of your target persona and then it's not enough obviously to just create the content like how do you you know get in front of these people and actually um you know measure the impact and, and you know attribute some sort of result to the the content you're creating yeah so look i'm very analytical and uh you know I'm, as you know you know my my background is fairly technical and I'm a sort of an analytics freak and I love to look at the data and attribution is a, is a part of that. But, you know, when you try to measure everything and attribute, um, you know, a dollar spent to uh, a dollar uh, uh, generated, uh, that becomes sort of a, a, a tricky game. Okay. So, you know, with, with at Checkmarks, for example, that's, you know, how we grew. And I, I believe you should still measure everything um, but, you know, we sort of got addicted to, uh, to uh, looking at the numbers and seeing, okay, wow, you know, this campaign, you know, was, you know, spent X amount of dollars and, you know, we got 20X in pipeline. So let's do a lot more of that. Okay. But if you're really uh, sort of using that method to decide what you do, um, it means you're not necessarily paying enough attention to the, the things that can't be measured. Okay, and uh, I think today a lot, so much of the conversation is happening sort of outside of your reach. Okay, you know, the word of mouth is huge. Uh, the ability to research who you are and, uh, and uh, you know, all sorts of sort of closed WhatsApp groups, LinkedIn groups, Facebook groups, whatever, um, clubhouse meetups. <laughs> uh, right. So you need to invest in brand uh, in parallel to all the sort of tactics you're using to generate those leads, meetings, opportunities uh, in the short term uh, so that, uh, you know, once, once your name comes up, uh, it comes up in a favorable sort of way uh, and gives you this L cover and sort of smooths out uh, the, uh, the, entire, uh, the entire process. And you can't expect to be sort of measuring and attributing everything. Plus, you know, it's so difficult, you know, to, even if you've got everything nicely measured and tracked, uh, the ability to say, okay, this generated this lead, and then that's what got them converted. We had, you know, X touch points along the way. Which one of them, you know, was the was the one that you can actually sort of, you know, attribute, attribute. to to that uh, opportunity being created? And it's a tough, it's a tough one. You know, you'll ask different marketers there; they'll have different answers. And as I said, it's more of a philosophical uh, debate than anything else. But um, but yeah, so do, do, you know, decide on one strategy on how you track and measure and attribute it uh, and sort of follow that through, measure everything so you can later on decide, you know, to look at it differently if you wish. Uh, but keep in mind that you still need to do the things that will not necessarily uh, uh, have this clear line between sort of the, the action and the outcome. Uh, like mm -hmm. podcasts, for example, <laughs> you know, like uh, a lot of sort of organic LinkedIn activities. Um, 
you can, if you really try hard, you can see uh, uh, impact on brand name searches, on direct traffic to your website, on sort of organic search and you know every, all, everything that comes along with that. But, um, but you'll have gaps and you have to accept that those gaps will forever be there. So that's fine. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I want to take it in um, a, a similar direction and, and just go kind of one step deeper because one of the areas that I think uh, is, is really challenging is kind of right as you're raising the seed round and you know, you're, you're trying to think about, well, how much should I invest in marketing? Um, how much you know, should I allocate uh, to make sure that I, I can raise my A round in, in 12 to 18 months? And, you know, you say video and you say podcasts and you say social and there's all these different channels and there's all these different methodologies and there's all these different ways to reach your audience. Um, but again, you're, you're limited. So how do you think about that process of deciding, oh, I do need a Twitter. Oh, I do need a LinkedIn. Oh, I do need a, a podcast. Oh, I do need short on video. Or, I, you know, I need an email newsletter or I need, you know, certain website, uh, you know, application, you know, uh, interface that people can uh, have an experience in my website. And because you're limited on budget, you, you ultimately have to decide to pick maybe a few horses and then, you know, kind of ride them as far along. Is it just, hey, let me experiment on everything and just like see what's starting to, to, to yeah. create an impact? Or do you, how do you be strategic about, you know, where to, to put those dollars early on? Sure. So, Look, the reality is that you can't do too many things, but at the same time, you know, if budget is what uh, you know is your constraint, then uh, the beauty is that you know the most amazing, impactful things usually do not require a lot of budget. It just means you need creativity, uh, you need con content that is well appealing to your target audience, uh, things that really add value to their lives. And um, you can't really buy that. You know, you need you need to think about it, and you need to uh, so creative creating a podcast. You know, what's the expense? It's like it's minimal. It's negligible. Right. It's all about finding doing the legwork. You know, coming up with the concept. You know, figuring out who the, your guests need to be, uh, and what will be sort of the derived value of getting you know the guests from the top companies in your space. Uh, featured and sort of hosted by yourself or you know, your founders or whoever it may be, um, then um, I think the value is immense and the budget uh, uh, low. requirements are low. Yeah. So, you know, we, we're doing videos that are getting a lot of traction and are costing us close to nothing. You know, we're using Fiverr yeah. actors, we're using... Um, we're, we're, fi we're filming them ourselves, you know, just sort of the marketing team filmed, you know, just the green skin and, and green skin in the office, editing it ourselves or getting someone sort of to edit it for us. It's, it's all about the creative and sort of the, you know, what is the content about? Why is it interesting? Uh, I'll give you an example. You know, we've done, a, we wanted to recruit solution architects. Okay. So, Solution architects are really tough to find, like really good ones. And uh, we just came up with a concept of, uh, you know, we are, you know, we're, we constantly talk about, you know, how everything's in the cloud. You know, co companies ask us for, uh, can we have Firebolt on-premise? And we say, no, you know, we're sort of cloud native, only cloud. You know, if you're not on AWS, then, you know, we don't really have much to talk about. 
that's our starting point. Your data needs to be in the cloud. Um, so you know, that's the whole notion. So what we said is, you know, we kind of did a video saying, um, sort of talking about the old world, saying, uh, you know, we believe the future is on-premise. Okay, and you know, if you're into like technology, like uh, modern technologies like Hadoop, which is sort of has been dead for a while now, uh, and um, talk about all the sort of the things that we are not basically, but look at it uh, and then sort of twist the whole thing and, uh, and say, no, you know, just kidding. You know, if you're into working with the most modern technologies, blah, 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 and then target, use that video that was filmed by our chief product officer in the office, um, like very quickly, uh, very quickly edited as well. Um, and use that as a campaign to get in front of those solution architects from specific companies uh, that we know, you know, are cloud native. And so it, it's just, you know, it's so, it, you know, it, it's such a crazy troll that when they see it, you know, it gets their gut moving and um, they couldn't ignore it. So that's, a, we're, we're getting really good responses for this specific one, but it's like spear phishing. You know, it's going after specific audiences with creative that was super easy to create. It was just about coming up with the concept and executing it uh, ourselves. Right, right. That That's beautiful. And that, that's a great example. And it kind of highlights the um, the importance of creativity in this um, profession. Uh, the, the the science part is important, and you know it's not a commodity by any means, but it's a bit easier to to source. Whereas the art uh, is something that I think if, if you if you don't have it, you can't, it's very hard to learn, right? It's something a little bit more on the soul level. Um, it's hard to learn, but at the same time, you know, there's, um, I guess, you know, if you, if you let the guards down and, and everything's possible and no idea is too crazy, uh, you'd be amazed, you know, at, you know, what people that previously you thought, you know, have no creativity in them, they didn't think they've got creativity in them. All of a sudden, you know, they, they, they overflow with uh, sort of crazy ideas and those amazing ideas can come from everywhere. So it's all about encouraging this uh, approach. And uh, yeah, I'm fortunate enough to be surrounded with a lot of very creative people. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. Right. So, you know, again, I think a lot of startups at that early stage in the journey don't yet have someone doing marketing full time. Um, and the they CEO do. might be, <laughs> right? They, the CEO they, might be... On. Right. The CEO, CEO might be more technically inclined and less comfortable, you know, sort of speaking to the public or speaking to, you know, a certain audience or, you know, really willing to put his or her foot or neck out there before there's actually even a product that is uh, usable or sellable. So what, what would you advise to, to someone in, in that situation where maybe their, you know, marketing and creativity is not um, something that they're, they're that comfortable with yet, uh, how do you sort of bring that into the, the company uh, early on um, in, in your so, view? So first of all, I don't think there's a, it's expected of founders or sort of the leadership uh, and beyond. So to be involved and uh, sort of be out there uh, you can't expect the technology to sell itself. I think, you know, gone are the days to even think that's a valid strategy. Um, 
hire marketing person as early as you possibly can. Get the most senior person you can, uh, given your budget constraints. And But uh, equally important is to make sure that it's someone that's happy to get their hands dirty and is not looking to build this crazy, huge team uh, from the, you know, from, from, well, from that moment onwards. And, um, and you need someone who can sort of craft the story, you know, figure out, be in front of those uh, prospects and customers and understand what's, you know, what's the narrative, you know, what, what kind of competitors you're up against. Uh, is what you think your product actually solves is, you know, the pain that they feel is the greatest. Um, and how to frame that, you know, what, how do they frame their own problems? It's the kind of nuances that are super important to, to understand early on. You know, we at Firebolt, you know, we thought that, you know, our product can do A, B, C, D, and E. Uh, and we thought, you know, all those are equally important. And we realized that no one cares about D and E. Everybody cares about A. So, you know, performance and speed is like the most critical thing. There's a lot of other issues, but speed is so critical and the analytics experience today is so broken that if you fix speed, that's it. You know, no one, no one, then, you know, they'll get to the rest. But um, so, so yeah, the earlier, the, the, the better. And uh, it's about, you know, I, I don't think anyone feels comfortable. I didn't used to be comfortable sort of talking on stage and I don't know, being hosted on podcasts and stuff like that. It's, uh, it's an acquired uh, skill. You know, you need to just get out there and do it consistently um, and, uh, you know, you'll get, uh, positive feedback, you'll get negative feedback, but you know, you'll improve and you'll get better with time. And uh, I've seen, you know, quite a lot of cases of people that never thought, you know, they could be sort of thought leaders or, uh, be out there and, uh, represent their company doing an amazing job, you know, with, uh, with practice. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, then there's this question of in-house versus, you know, agency. Um, what's your what's your view on sort of what's the right time to bring on an agency? What are sort of at least for Firebolt, you know, the things that an agency would be uh, a better option than than having someone sort of you know manage manage that uh, in-house? Um, yeah, sort of. How, how do you see agencies? So agencies are a very important part of the mix. That's the way I see it. Uh, it's always ha it always has been, and uh, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it always will be. Uh, so you know, we've worked with agency. We work with agencies for you know quite a few different things to complement our own uh, skill set, um, and you know, it changes with time depending on what we need. But uh, you know, for example, you know, we started off doing. PPC campaigns before we had a product. Okay, so, you know, uh, I started doing it myself, sort of hands-on, and then got uh, someone else to help us uh, out, an agency to help us out, and um, started experimenting with different messages, different sort of targeting. And, uh, you know, we, we sent people to uh, a landing page that said, you know, sign up to our private beta. Um, and uh, again, experimented with the different pain points that we perceived are the, the ones that we solve uh, in the best possible way. And so just to which, hone in on that, just to hone in yeah. on that specific uh, practice. I mean, any company today that's not doing that before they have a product is on the losing track. Agree or disagree? 
Agree, agree. There's no reason why you should wait, you know, for your product to be ready <laughs> uh, until if it ever is, and uh, um, until you start doing marketing. You need to start experimenting with who your audience is, what what messages would resonate with them, what pains uh, you are solving in the best possible way, and start building your database and your your list of uh, of potential customers. Prospects, uh, yeah. Prospects, yeah. It's it's amazing the kind of traction we got with nothing. There was no product. There was nothing, um, and we got sort of amazing sort of uh, Fortune 500, you know, companies signing up to our private beta because they had a specific pain point, and that message talked about their pain and solving that pain. So they're interested. Um, now, you know, that led to discussions. I, you know, had sort of one-on-one -on -one meetings with uh, many of those, and. Uh, and record everything. So, you, and every, like each of those conversations, make you learn new things, make you make you understand your audience better, which is priceless. You can, you know, it, it just goes into so much of your strategy down the track. And then, when the product is ready to be formally launched, then you know you're you've got a list of potentially thousands of people. Um, you know what kind of channels you need to be using, what kind of messages uh, are effective and uh, even costs and, you know, what, what's the cost to, to generate uh, a lead and an opportunity even. Uh, so, you know, you've got a lot to work with uh, when the product is officially launched. So start early, basically. Right. So um... we talked about agencies. You asked about agencies. Yeah, exactly. So, so with agencies, I guess, you know, my own uh, rule of thumb is that uh, you always need to have agencies in the mix. Uh, so we started off doing PPC with an agency, uh, then sort of brought that uh, uh, capability in-house. Uh, and then, and then you know, we use agencies still, you know, with some of the PPC uh, activities that we do, but, you know, a lot of different agencies, more specific sort of experts in specific niches where we need assistance and, uh, and uh ones that complement our own capabilities. But my my take on uh, how to choose an agency. Yeah, that was my next question. How do you diligence them and how do you decide which is right for you? So other than the obvious uh, sort of self-references and, you know, see, you know, see who they are and, you know, it's people that uh, you feel comfortable working with, uh, you need to make sure that you're not the smallest company the, uh, with this agency, because usually that translates to how much love and attention you get. Um, but the beauty of working with agencies uh, that work with similar sized companies uh, as you is that you enjoy uh, all the learnings that they get from working with I don't know, 20, 30 other startup companies. So, uh, you know, ideally you don't, uh, you avoid some of the mistakes that your peers, uh, your, the other companies have experienced and also enjoy some of the successes that uh, the others have done, and you don't need to uh, go through the, that uh, via dolorosa yourself every time. Um, so, sort of, it just shortens the learning uh, curve, which is great. Um, another tip that works great for us is that you know, whenever we work with an agency, which you know, like in a consistent, continuous manner, then I try to get them to come and sit with us in the office, if there is an office these days. Um, and spend some sort of quality time with the team, rather than drinking coffee, grabbing lunch together, and just 
makes everything so much better because they understand, first of all, they develop a relationship with the team and uh, you know, it, it means that it's much easier to, to work uh, uh, together remotely when they're not in the, in the office with us. But also they just absorb things just by sitting and doing their work and listening in uh, sort of passively to what's going on around them. It just gets the, those creative juices flowing and, and it's great. So you know, if you can get your agency sort of representatives to be with you in the same room, uh, it, it, uh, it does wonder. Cool. And then, you know, you, you mentioned if you can be in the same room. So what has changed in terms of your marketing approach uh, because of COVID and, you know, inability to go to conferences and inability to, to have these face-to-face, -face, uh, what do you think will stick around and what do you think will uh, revert back to the, to the way it was when it comes to Ooh, marketing? It, it's, it's a tough one, but look, I'm an avid believer in uh, digital marketing from the get-go, as you know. So, uh, you know, I've always favored that, but, you know, as, as a startup, as a, as a smaller player, uh, my approach has always been sort of be everywhere. You need to be perceived like you're everywhere. Uh, so whether it's a digital or physical space, uh, you need to be seen everywhere. And uh, that, that means, you know, being at the right conferences, even if it's not sort of large booths, but you need to have some presence there. I think physical conferences will return uh, eventually. Uh, maybe they'll be slightly different. Uh, I guess, you know, people will, go out of their way to create those amazing experiences. Uh, um, and um, and I think business travel will go down uh, because you just realize that you don't need to have those initial introductory meetings face-to-face. Uh, uh, -face. Um, and uh, you know, it's much more effective and you know, even easier on the customer side to have those uh, remotely. So you know, if they're unhappy with what they see, they can just sort of brush you off. And, uh, with no no uh, no guilt, and um, yeah, I think I think a lot of what we're doing, what's happening right now, will stay as it is. Uh, business travel will go down. Events will eventually return. Um, I don't I don't see much changing in our own strategy. You know, it will remain continue to remain very digital in its nature, um, and uh, content will be you know, a, a, very, a very substantial part of that in all forms and shapes. Right, I mean, it, it almost feels like the amount of content that was produced, digital content that was produced last year was you know, maybe an order of magnitude greater on some level, just because <clears throat> all the, the resources needed to go somewhere um, and you know, without any offline, where, where do you put it? So. Um, there's, there's more people who can create their own podcasts. There's more people who are creating their own live streams. There's more people who are creating their own, you know, video and, and whatnot. Uh, yet the attention and time per day, you know, is, is fixed, right? So it's like, as the internet becomes more ubiquitous, as more and more content is being created, like <clears throat> Netflix, I think wrote about this, but, or, or maybe Facebook wrote about this, how, like they see Facebook as competition or Facebook sees Netflix as competition because there's just a limited amount of screen time and everyone's mm -hmm. competing for that, that fixed amount. Um, and so it, it requires even more creativity and even more ingenuity, um, you know, to be able to, to say, 
this type of content or this piece of, you know, information uh, is, is going to beat out my, my customers, um, you know, desire to look on Facebook or, or look on, you know, some other platform that, that is trying to, to capture uh, attention. So I, I would, you know, I would say this has been the most uh, crowded time to be a digital marketer in, in the history of the internet. Um, it obviously it's, it's still super exciting because you can reach, you know, your audience in, in increasingly sophisticated ways with very personalized, customized messaging, but uh, it, it's definitely uh, it's definitely a challenge, and you know the 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 power of creativity I think is going to continue to be sort of the wild card and the ability to stand out. And earlier I was wondering what you meant by sense of humor because obviously you're a professional B two B organization. You know you're not telling fart jokes and hoping that it's going to get your audience excited. I'm not about far it. from it. <laughs> um, but I, I, look, I think you know if you play it safe. And, uh, you know, I'll give you an example, you know, we, so our competitors are companies like Snowflake, Amazon, you know, Amazon is a partner and a competitor at the same time. Uh, okay. Google, Google is one, you know, there's a fierce, there's a fierce uh, war, beating war uh, right. on Google AdWords for those sort of specific keywords that we play in the tune of $300 per click. Now that's a game that, you know, even if we could sort of play in, you know, I don't think it's, it, it makes sense to pay $300 a click. It's crazy. Right. Uh, right. So what we do is we look for, you know, much more sort of, uh, I guess, niche keywords, keywords that express pain. Okay. And uh, so, you know, if, uh, we mapped all the error messages that uh, you would get from using some of our competitors' uh, 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 software. Okay, now if you get specific uh, error messages and you need to understand why this error was caused, you know you'll go and search for that on Google. Now that's yeah. when you'll, you'll only see a Firebolt ad, which is nice. funny. You know, it's sort of it's to the point. Uh, it helps you understand what the value is, but it does that in a sort of a friendly, conversational manner. Uh, so no fart jokes, but, uh, you know, you don't need to constantly wear your suit and tie, be, you know, be uh, just down to earth. Uh, and, you know, people want to understand that there's good people on the other end. doesn't matter whether it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a company uh, or not. It's B2B or B2C. I think, you know, that the two converge a lot and should converge a lot more than what we see today. Uh, and B2B should learn a lot from you know, how B2C conducts itself. What do you think is the value of PR in this, you know, greater picture? And how do you think about um, that as a channel to acquire customers? So, look, I categorize PR in the sort of in the brand bucket. You know, I don't see that as the way to generate uh, customers. Uh, uh, it's even, even if it does help you generate customers, it's... Uh, it's you know one of the ones one of those uh, channels that are very tough to track. Um, you know you'll get publications, uh, uh, well, writing articles about you, uh, and you'll have no specific linkage. You'll see maybe a rise in organic and direct traffic to your website, uh, and which could translate into more customers. But again, you won't be able to uh, uh, close that loop and know for a fact that 
this PR activity actually generated uh, generated uh, this amount of pipeline. So I still see that as part of the mix, but at the end of the day, it goes back to having a good story and having something to feed the media with. You know, if you don't have a good enough story, especially at this day and time where sort of the sensitivity uh, and the, the ability to rise above the noise is just, uh, you know, it, today if you're not raising a hundred million dollars, it's not interesting. Um, it's, it's pretty crazy. So you need to think differently. You know, many companies have, are sitting on gold pile, uh, gold mines of data uh, that is unique to them. Uh, I think a great example is Gong um, and, uh, and what they do with that data or you know, with many of the companies I speak with, what they don't do with the data that they have. Uh, so look carefully into what you have uh, and how you can use that data, usage data, and sort of share insights um, from you know, what you have with the world. Uh, and that's gonna get you press, that's gonna get you attention, even if you go sort of through the direct uh, route of posting it yourself on your blog and your uh, your uh, social channels. Um, so yeah, that's kind of how I see it. Yeah, how, how do you think about building a brand and how do you think about building a story? And are they, you know, is one a subset of, of the other? Yeah, look, I think this building a story is a subset of your, what, to, what your brand is all about. A brand at the end of the day is sort of the aggregate of all the interactions that one has with you, with your company and the people that work in your company and their perception of who you are. You know, it's, uh, I think Bezos said that, you know, brand is what they talk, what they say about you when you're out of the, when you're not in the room. Uh, so right. you, know, you obviously want to have good things said about you when you're not in the room and, um, and sort of carefully crafting what those uh, what what those um, what those discussions will look like when you're not in the room uh, is what should drive everything. So you need to sit down, you know, have a careful sort of uh, discussion on of who we are, who who, who you know who's sort of competing with uh, with us in the uh, in that uh, landscape. Uh, how are we different? Um, are we funny are we uh, serious you know how technical are we how we uh, how, how do we want to be perceived basically okay so i think this is this is really important to at least in your mind nail and then um you know you need to be bold and you need to be different um and uh just and i think consistency is a big part of that so you know you should hire the people that can Relay, relay that story and message, um, and uh, sort of broadcast that in all in all directions in a consistent manner. And that's what gets people to say, "Ah, oh, you know, Firebolt is the fastest cloud data warehouse in the world." Insanely, uh, oh, insanely fast. Insanely fast data analytics. Exactly. I see it. Uh, I see it on your shirt. Yeah. So, and plus, plus, you know, they say, "Wow, but these guys, you know, they're." They're creative. They're they're fun. You know, I, I want to engage with a company like that. It's not an Oracle. You know, I don't want to be sort of engaging with Oracle. It sort of may it may be the safe bet, but I'm not going to enjoy myself sort of as a professional working with an Oracle. Um, but um, but I am going to enjoy every interaction I have with Fireball. So that's that's how I see it. 
so I, it goes into everything. everything right, and, and you know, when you're when you're having that internal discussion of who are we, how do we want to be perceived, um, you know, back to kind of the agency question. If that's not something you're intuitively or uh, innately talented at thinking through those questions, does it make sense to bring in a consultant at that stage to walk you through the process? And it feels like there's a lot of charlatans out there saying, we know how to build your brand and we're going to you know, take you through this process and sort of, you know, um, what would you advise founders who don't, don't really feel that they're the person to, to necessarily guide themselves through that, that process? Oh, look, I would hundred percent take, an agency to help you with that uh, process. Uh, you know, we've used an agency. Uh, we, you know, I've worked with uh, Atreo, uh, you know, for, well, at my checkmarks days and also at Barbolt uh, to an extent. Right. They're, amazing. They're amazing. But uh, be beyond that, you know, there's other great agencies out there that can help you sort of craft that thinking process of who are we competing with? What do we do that is different and interesting and unique? Uh, how do we want to be perceived? It's it's a methodology that most people just don't know how to how to go through. Uh, plus, so you know, there's a lot of charlatans, as you call it, that know how to uh, create uh, beautiful brands. Okay, but if there's no sort of strategy behind that that is um, future proof, that is sort of uh, concrete, then you know it may look sort of visually appealing, but it doesn't, it doesn't hit a nerve and it doesn't stick. Uh, right. And um, usually, you know, companies, it, it's more costly and more, uh, I guess, uh, uh, complex to do it properly. Uh, but I think it's, it's important. Now, I guess the, uh, the, um, the thing to note there is that it's not the kind of thing that you usually do on day one, okay? You do need to look professional. You do want to have a website that is visually appealing but you probably won't have all the answers uh, when you just get started. You need to right. have sort of sufficient traction and uh, you know, be speaking to enough customers to have the answers that those right agencies will, uh, you know, will ask you. Uh, so you know, I guess you know, before you do your A round, I wouldn't even look at that. Uh, I would go for something that you think makes sense um, you, know, you get maybe some potential customers and uh, advisors to give you feedback on that. It should look the part. It should you know, make you look bigger than what you actually are and look professional um, and different. But yeah, it's probably not going to last for too long. So don't spend too much time on it. You're not Apple. <laughs> right. Or Tesla. Um, okay. So yeah, I think, you know, sort of wrapping up um, and, and just more of a, uh, a question about the current moment that we're in uh, with sort of the, the froth of all this capital flowing into the, the ecosystem. Um, you know, kind of what do you make of these giant rounds and these crazy valuations? And, you know, how does that impact your, your marketing strategy? So look, my, my own personal view of that is that, first of all, it's crazy. You know, we're living in crazy times, you know, valuation wise, uh, so much capital flowing uh, through that, you know, if you can raise funding, you probably should because at some, some point, you know, COVID will be over 
the world will come to a re realization that maybe sort of the, the hashtag, you know, new normal is not that far from the hashtag old normal. Uh, and, uh, and that maybe those valuations aren't justified. <laughs> Uh, so, you know, I do expect some realization to take place at some point. I don't see that uh, uh, sort of persisting for a long period of time. I may be wrong, like always, but uh, I think at some point um, things will quiet down. And uh, like everything else, you know, the, the good ones will continue to grow and the bad sort of the, the bad investments will, you know, will die, which is natural and fine. Uh, but if you can raise funding uh, uh, now, then by all means, go ahead and do it uh, because, you know, you, you need to build that war chest for what's to come next when the world will uh, go back to kind of normality. Um, More sobriety. Sobriety. That's, a, that's a better way of putting it. Everyone's uh, drunk on stimulus, right? So Exactly. Exactly. So... Um, so, you know, what you can do with, uh, you know, with uh, this extra funding, as I said, you know, I don't think you need crazy amount of budget to do amazing marketing. And there's plenty of examples of companies who, who do a lot with and create a lot of noise and, so to speak, damage in a positive way with not a lot of capital behind that. Um, so, yeah, it's just getting the right people you know, the best possible talent uh, on your team. And uh, that's what I would use the capital for. Right. It's like money doesn't get you to product market fit. Understanding your customer and building, you know, towards their needs gets you to product market fit. And obviously money can help you hire great people, but just throwing a ton of money at a company is not going to get you there. The same goes for marketing to some degree. Um, you know, just throwing a ton of money at marketing isn't necessarily going to get you the right CAC and the right LTV. It's actually how you, you know, think differently and how you create things that, that stand out. Um, and sometimes you don't actually need that much money to, to get to that point. Um, Very true. I, so, I, you know, I'll deny everything if you ask our CFO, obviously, but I think it's, uh, it's, uh, it's very true. Yeah. Um, okay, Asaf, it's really been been a pleasure. I've learned a lot. Hopefully our listeners uh, will also learn a lot from this, uh, this conversation. Uh, and if people want to uh, follow you, what's the, what's the best platform to, to stay well, track can, of the stuff? You can find me on LinkedIn, you know, I'm, well, that's probably the best, best place. So do reach out, you know, you're more than welcome to uh, check out, you know, I've got a marketing podcast myself called Techie Talkie which hosts, uh, you know, Israel's uh, top uh, marketing talent. Um, you know, it's, uh, I'm uh, hosting it with uh, Carmel from Atreo. Um, and, uh, you know, we've got really good guests uh, coming in and sharing the success of how they, how the top performing uh, tech companies in Israel got to where they are today. So a lot to learn from there. And, uh, and where can we find that podcast? On uh, Spotify? Well, you can find it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, just type in Techie Talkie and uh, yeah, everywhere on YouTube as well. It's video uh, as well. So awesome. So enjoy. Okay. And, uh, thanks for having me, Max. Absolutely. And uh, have a good rest of the day. Cheers, buddy. Cheers.